From Community Public Radio, this is the CPR News. From New York, I'm Don DeBar. Today we go to Nicaragua to speak with Steve Sefton, the journalist that we speak with on a regular about events south of the border. And um, it's a big day in Honduras today. A new president, one might say a uh, reversal of the coup that took place during the Obama administration uh, when Mel Zelaya was dragged out of the presidential palace and a right-wing terror reign uh, more or less gripped the country from then until uh, last year, really. Um, and uh, the right has not given up the reins of power very easily that uh, much bragged about peaceful transfer of power that they seem to worship in the United States doesn't really matter when U.S. puppets are being pushed out of the government by elections. So we'll talk about some of that with uh, Stephen. Stephen, uh, first of all, welcome. Thanks a million, Don. Thanks for having me back on your program. So, yeah, and that, that is a, a very big event here in Central America, the um, presidential inauguration of the, the first woman president of Honduras, Xiomara Castro, um, who's the wife of former president Mel Zelaya, who, as you pointed out, uh, was ousted in a, in a military coup in 2009. Yep. And... Um, and I'm, I'm especially pleased and interested in, in what's happening today because and I have uh, strong associations with Honduras and I was actually in uh, Honduras on the, on the day of the coup, um, 20, 28th, 29th of June in 2009. So I, 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 I take great personal satisfaction in seeing that Mel Zelaya's wife, Xiomara Castro, has now become Honduras's first uh, woman president. There's quite a body count, the wasn't there? Sorry. By the way, I just wanted to, uh, you know, in the in the aftermath of that coup, there was a body count, including some people that, that you knew, right? All right, yeah, and, and that's and, and hundreds of people were killed in the in the years following the coup um, by uh, the United States sanctioned uh, the interim first the interim government under uh, a guy called Micheletti and then Porfirio Lobo's government that kept, that took office after the uh, elections that were hardly free and fair under in the, in the circumstances uh, in, right. at the end of 2009 and then Juan Orlando Hernandez uh, uh, took power uh, subsequent to Porfirio Lobo um, and 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 so you've had a, a series of, of right-wing U.S.-backed regimes, essentially and na- na- narcotics regimes, because Honduras immediately right. uh, turned into a haven for narcotics trafficking, yeah. uh, with the collusion of high-level officers of the army and the police, right. and 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 of course with the collusion of, of the government. So and the throughout that period. Uh, the neoliberal uh, uh, policies were implemented in an extremely aggressive way. And in order to make that possible against the strong popular resistance that um, grew up and and happened against those policies, they had to kill people and not not at the same rate as as happens in in Colombia, um, but they were advised by Colombians and they applied that 
a similar policy so that people like um, Berta Cáceres, for example, who, who was trying to defend um, the natural resources and the environmental um, stability of, 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 of the area where she lived in the west of Honduras, um, the Garifuna people um, in uh, up along the northern and northeastern uh, Caribbean coast of Honduras, they also have suffered terribly under the, the, this neoliberal regime, uh, aggressively uh, handing over parts of Honduran territory to foreign investors and foreign interests, corporate interests. And uh, my, my beloved friend Margarita Murillo was uh, playing a similar role in the area around San Pedro Sula. Mm. And, and like Berta, she was murdered, like so many others. Yeah. And I, I, it's important to remember uh, that Black, uh, the, the 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 whole Black Lives Matter um, campaign in the United States uh, seems to have left out um, what's happening in the United States um, uh, near in effect colonies. I mean, right. four four Garifuna activists were disappeared. I think it's was, was it, I'm not sure. Can't remember. It's four or five. Certainly four yeah. were disappeared in July last year, and that, nothing's happened about it. You know, let it's me just say on the numbers when you're comparing Honduras to Colombia, by the way, most people here probably don't know off the top of their head, that there's about five times the population in Colombia that there is in Honduras. Honduras is just under 10 million people maybe in the last uh, census, and uh, Colombia is just shy of 50 million. So, you know, the, right. the, on scale, uh, perhaps, uh, it might actually oh, yeah. be as well. Uh, yeah, yeah. That's, a, that's a very important point. You're right, Norm. So yeah, and, and the, the, uh, similar levels uh, and similar styles of repression were uh, were applied in Honduras um, following two thousand and nine, and so the the, the hope uh, and, and that and essentially after what fourteen years of that, thirteen years of that, yeah, um, the, the, the 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 that's why Ziamara Castro was able to win such a. a, a a categorical ele electoral victory right. uh, la la last November, at the yeah. end of November. Yeah. And, and I think she won with a, uh, a margin of over 10% against um, the, uh, uh, the, the, the other candidate, the Juan, Juan Orlando Hernandez's Yeah, it was a good spread. Yeah. And so, um, and in, in that context, in the, in the context of the Honduran electoral system, that was a huge win. So anyway, and the, and the point about it is, that, so it has that regional significance in, in, and national significance for Honduras. And in regional terms, it means that you have a social democrat style. And she's, I, I, I don't, I think it would be wrong to categorize Yomara Castro as a, a kind of an, a, a strongly radical figure. And what, what she's going to do is to try and install what most countries take for granted, you know, a, 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 a national health system, an adequate education system um, uh, that the, the have been completely cut away and, and, and practically destroyed by the neoliberal governments that have been in, in office in 2009. And one, one, of, the, one of the main uh, pol policy platforms or, or, or programs that, that she ha has had is to reverse the kind of wholesale privatization and actual selling off of national territory and the so-called ZEDES um, uh, 
program, the Exclusive Economic and Development Zones program that was instituted by Juan Orlando Hernandez, which in effect uh, sell off chunks of Honduran territory to right. foreign corporations to run as they please. Right. We won't regulate this and, and we won't tax this and all of this. So here, just take the, Here's a gift. Thank you. Yeah, exactly. And so and 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 that so that's that it's that kind of thing that we can expect Zumara Castro the worst excesses of neoliberal policy in Honduras are likely to be completely reversed. But she's going to have a very hard time at a national level. And we saw um the extent to which the local oligarchy backed up by the United States without any doubt at all. Um, we saw the, 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 the extent to which they're prepared to go when last week, um, uh, in a ceremony prior to today's presidential inauguration, um, the, 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 uh, the board, the executive board of the uh, National Assembly, the legislature, uh, was voted on. And to everybody's consternation and, and surprise, a group of around 20 of uh, Xiomara Castro's Libre Party um, deputies who'd been voted, who who ran on a, on Libre's ticket. They got elected because the they ran with her. They, they ran with her, right. but they voted. They, they, they engaged in a, a, a ceremony uh, to back the candidate of Juan Orlando Hernandez and his party for the president of the National Assembly, and and what that what that in effect meant was that Xiomara Castro's block of fifty deputies uh, overnight um, was reduced to just over thirty, and, and her, her party expelled eighteen of those twenty deputies that took part in the um, in that uh, ceremony to uh, elect a right-wing uh, executive of the National Assembly against what had been previously agreed by the whole party. Um, and what then happened was that there was a massive popular mobilization in Honduras to essentially occupy the whole precinct of the National Congress. Right. Which is the legislature there, right. um, and they that, that popular mobilisation prevented the right wing uh, uh, board from actually entering the National Congress, and they had to go and hold their ceremony in a, a private a private uh, function centre in a motel room um, about <laughs> twenty kilometres, thirty kilometres outside the capital Tegucigalpa. So. Let me decode this um, we, for a minute. Still, we still haven't reached the, the, the denouement of that because Xiomara right. um, Castro took the extraordinary step, an extremely extraordinarily bold step on her part of offering to the guy, the, the principal leader of the dissident group in her party that betrayed her. Mm. She's made him an offer to be her uh, uh, kind of coordinate her uh, program coordinator mm -hmm. in her in her in her government's cabinet and so she she's offered him this olive branch um, with the, in the hope that he will accept that and thus accept <clears throat> the legitimate <coughs> the legitimate uh, the d legitimately agreed um, board of the national uh, national congress that uh, was voted that was voted in by 
the Libre Party and 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 its allies uh, subsequent to the, uh, the 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 right wing internal coup inside the the legislature. So we just we we won't know until later on today whether that's that's happened or not. But what that what that ju- that's just an indication of. Uh, what the the right wing oligarchy is capable of doing because they just right. bought off all those libre deputies they just bought them off right um and 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 so uh that that gives you some idea of the the the, the huge resistance that the local oligarchy is going to put up well, to the change they started already. That, yep yep yeah ziomar is going to try and uh, introduce in, into um the Honduran economy and into a Honduran society in general, because and because things have shifted so far to the extreme right in terms of economic policy, social policy, um, the, the the kind of neo-colonial domination of foreign corporations, the continuing military presence of the United States, um, uh, uh, where they in in Honduras where they have one of their biggest regional bases. Uh, Soto Cano, the the airbase that used to be known as Palmarola, that was a central a central feature of the Contra War against Nicaragua, and also the um, the campaign against the FMLN uh, guerrillas in in San in, in El Salvador, and also the URNG guerrillas in in Guatemala, all through the 1980s, and subsequently that base has become right. an an extra, It's kind of like uh, a, a branch of the Southern Command stuck right in the heart of Central America, and so yeah. all, all 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 those things I've just been talking about are things that Ziomar is going to have to uh, be finding ways to to kind of defuse, neutralize, um, uh, and and just just so as to begin to be able to implement her program. So, and one you, of the one. Go ahead. Sorry, Don. Yeah. I just want to, I, you know, before we get too far into it, I just want to decode the very beginning of this so people understand clearly what, because not everybody here really knows the history. You have uh, Mel Zelaya, elected president, takes office in January of 2006, okay? Um, and in June of 2009, six months into the Obama administration, there's a coup d'etat there that puts right-wing death squads in charge of the country, in essence. Um, there is an election held by the basically the uh, general dictator, the appointed uh, person to administer. They hold an election. The right wing predictably wins after several people who were organizers and key people are killed and many more arrested before the election. <clears throat> there's uh, there's a popular unrest already in response to that. At the next election, there is a very big vote, regardless of the machinations pulled by these people, for the opposition, the left opposition, the center opposition, even if you want to be accurate. Um, and then a lot of popular activity because people saw or felt that the entire thing was stolen. And you, so you've gone through like this rise of people against the coup that culminates in this election of not just uh, uh, Ziamar Castro, but of her slate that puts a majority in control of the National Assembly. As they come into power, and as they're being inaugurated and having ceremonies and taking oaths, 20 of the 50 
defect in a coordinated action to the right wing. They're elected to undo the coup that took place in 2009, and before and as they take office, they step back to hand power back to the people who are the children of the coup, basically. That's what we just saw happen, and in response to that, forget if it sounds a little like January 6th to some people, they take over the National Assembly forcing these people to meet in some back room somewhere to, right. to finish their ceremonies. That's pretty much what just happened, right? Yeah, I, I, that, that, that's, that's a very accurate description of what happened. So, and, and I think you're right when you say um, that really the, the election wasn't so much a, an election for a, a, a progressive government as such. It was very much a, 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 a reaction against the coup. And even in in a context in which even centrist social democrat policies are seen as radical, right? And so if you if you, if you look at so there's that in that sense it's it's a it's it's the the conflict is over will Honduras be able to go through a process of national renewal or not, and how far will it be held back by the dead hand of the narco terror regime? Uh, that ran the country from 2009 onwards right. with the full support of the United States. Right. You know, yep. I'm with, that you, you can make some observations about that, but that was essentially what happened. So in, 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 that, in that context, it's very interesting to see how regional centrist polit politicians, essentially social democrat politicians, are, are, are um, coming to support their their, their, their participating in this presidential inauguration. You have people like Gabriel Boric from um, uh, Chile participating. Cristina Fernandez, uh, the Argentinian vice president, right. is going to participate. Um, Evo Morales from Bolivia is going to be there. And so you have kind of what many people, 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 liberals in, in the West would regard as progressive forces participating in um, the, the, this activity, but um, the, the the irony from from the point of view of us here in Nicaragua and people in Venezuela and people in Cuba is that um, although Nicaragua is sending a high level delegation, Daniel Ortega isn't going to be uh, go, nor is Nicolas Maduro going to go. Yeah. Um, and I haven't seen I think I haven't seen any news of a representation from. Um, from Cuba, but it was precisely those three countries right. that were the countries that gave unconditional political support to Mel Zelaya and Zia right. Castro right. in the wake of the coup. Oh, for and sure. So, I mean, look, Daniel Ortega had, let him take his place on the stage at, what was it, OAS or CELAC, right? I think so, yeah. Yeah, um, yeah so, yeah, Mel Zelaya. So, the... So and and that's just interesting and and and, and I think it, it it's a, an expression of the way in which, in my view of the of, of the way the overall policy in the region is is happening is that what you have is a a, a strong rearguard action um, from the local oligarchies determined to defend their interests. And they're backed up to some extent by that in the United States. But because of the increasing influence of China in the region, local elites are torn between mm -hmm. um, needing to 
engage with this Chinese influence in order to be able to get uh, take advantage of the huge economic and commercial uh, opportunities that that growing Chinese influence has in the region. And on the part of the United States, and the United States is essentially reduced to um, taking actions to spoil and, and prevent the development of of progressive movements and the coming to power of progressive governments. And as we can see here in Honduras, if a progressive government does take power, the United States and its local allies will combine to prevent them from being able to implement their policies as freely as they otherwise would be able to. Yeah. And this is very clear from in the case of um, President Castillo in Peru, for example. Yeah. It's also clear um, and it will become clear in the case of Gabriel Boric in yeah, Chile, and it's also yeah. true in Argentina, where yeah. the dead hand of the IMF um, that engaged in what are essentially illegal loans, huge, unprecedented loans to the previous government of Mauricio Macri. The, the IMF and the United States, through the IMF, is using that um, uh, huge indebtedness that they that Macri deliberately created um, for to to essentially destroy the his own country's economy while taking right. making sure that he and his clique were able to take advantage of it. Right, Argentina gets a bunch of debt and he walks off with the money. <laughs> that's basically right. how well, those deals work. His clique, yeah, that's his, what I'm saying. His, he and his, his boys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Colleagues, Zion, essentially. Colleagues. And um, so, so then. The what, what does all that mean? And, and, and if you if you if you if you look at what's what's happening in Honduras today, you can see all of that happening, and it symbolically in terms of yeah. the people who are um, arriving to participate and the ones who aren't. Yeah. And among among the delegations that will be arriving, for example, are um, Felipe the Sixth, the King of Spain. You know, <laughs> um, and. It, and, and also a big value, delegation right? from the United States led by Vice President Kamala Harris. Yeah. But as well as Kamala Harris, if you look at the composition of that um, delegation, it also include, includes Samantha Power, who is the current director of USAID, right. but much more notorious for her role, her monstrous role um, in as the representative of the United States in, in the United Nations during a period when the United States was engaging in uh, wholesale destructive interventions uh, uh, around the world, from yeah. uh, from Libya to Syria. Syria yeah. Yemen, etc. No, it, it's, 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 it's betrayal of its obligations under the um, uh, uh, nuclear agreement with Iran and so on and so on and so on. And just end, endless interventions. And Samantha Bauer was the, the, the public face of all that, along with Susan Rice and others. Yeah. And so, and she, what, what the fact that she is going to Honduras just makes me remember what happened back in 2006. In 2000, I'm sorry, not 2006, it was 2007, I think, um, when uh, Mel Zelaya went to the United States um, and met with uh, then President George W. Bush. And the, his visit was essentially to ask the United States to uh, uh, mobilize greater resources to, to facilitate the Honduras, Hond social and economic development in Honduras. 
that was that was the essential request that Mel Zelaya was making at the time to the United States. And of course, George W. Bush told him to drop dead. Right. That there, there was no, there was nothing on top of the um, the then existing um, neoliberal aid. Uh, commitments that the United States was prepared to make. So Mel Zelaya took that, went back to Honduras, went to Caracas, and joined ALBA, right. um, the, 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 the Venezuelan and Cuban-driven uh, initiative uh, based on uh, solid, solid, uh, com- solidarity-style uh, commercial relations and development cooperation. And with, with, with the support of ALBA, he was able to begin to do the things that the United States had told him they weren't willing to help him do, like and essentially democratize the Honduran uh, economy, uh, improve its education system, improve its healthcare system, um, none of which was to the liking of the United States. Or the oligarchs. That and, so, and, that, and that was why, or, or, or the, the local oligarchy that was used to... Um, uh, milking state resources for their own personal use and their own their own personal profit, and so in, and that was why they had that was why the coup in Honduras happened in 2000 and, 2009. So why uh, why is Samantha Power and um, such a notorious for, uh, figure from U.S. foreign policy over the last decade um, arriving in Honduras for the presidential inauguration with the vice president of the United States? And essentially, I think what they're, they're sending is a message to Xiomara Castro that, <clears throat> um, they, they, that they're willing now under the very different circumstances that prevail in the region, um, to engage with Honduras in a much more supportive way than they were prepared to do back in 2007. And, I mean, they're uh, not actually, and, and they're the, not sending uh, a message, they're uh, delivering a message. Samantha Power is, is an actual player. Kamala Harris <laughs> might be carrying a message, but Samantha Power, it's her messages and, 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 and her colleagues. Yeah, and, and, so, and, and, and it's a kind of... It, I, I, that's my interpretation of it, but we have to bear in mind that, and as you say, and Kamala Harris is in in many ways a lightweight compared to Samantha Power, and certainly in foreign policy terms. Um, and so, uh, while uh, as you say, uh, Kamala Harris may be the person uh, visibly symbolising the 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 promise of more support from the united states right. samantha powell the message from samantha powell will be do what we want or else and that's yeah. and and that i that I, I have no doubt about that let me and ask so you a question okay, sorry I, let me ask you a question uh just in terms of you know because we're talking about the symbology of of who's attending you know the the, the inauguration today so um you know that samantha power is coming um Southcom is still there, right? Oh, absolutely. Okay, Southcom is still there. Uh, you have had in the last few days. In fact, uh, in fact, the delegation. Sorry, Don. In fact, the delegation from the U.S. didn't land at Tegucigalpa's airport. Right, they went. To, they landed in in the in the U.S. military base at Sotocana Airstrip. Right. Okay. So, and and that's where they're holed up. Um, you have uh, just this past week an attempted right wing coup again. Um, and in fact, partially accomplished. Uh, and now, okay, so I am uh, Daniel Ortega. I'm uh, President uh, Diaz Canal. Um, I am uh, whoever uh, uh, Nicholas Maduro. Let's all go to this one place 
where we have no idea what the reliability of the military is going to be, where you've got top brass, basically, with a figurehead vice president and a Samantha actual power power on site. Would you want to walk into that room and and have this your sick if you all those high value targets in one place with that configuration of forces they'd be insane to all gather there. Yeah, and and you're right, and and there's there's the the, the flip side of that is that <clears throat> the United States wouldn't have even turned up if 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 there'd been any prospect at all of Nicolas Maduro or Miguel Diaz Canel or um, Daniel Ortega uh, being present at that presidential inauguration. So, and what essentially, what that seems to be, in, in, in my opinion, is confirmation that uh, Xiomara Castro's overall position and the way she's going to position Honduras in foreign policy terms in the in the current regional context, is she, she's going to lean towards the, uh, the 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 kind of central social democrat style right. uh, of Alberto Fernandez of AMLO, right. and the, it, it's telling that the um, the foreign minister, Mexico's foreign minister, Marcelo Ebrard, who's a, a complete neoliberal, and he is yeah. the from our point of view, he has an extremely negative effect on Mexico's foreign policy, and. Uh, so the, uh, the, that's the, the array. That I understand. Were, that's the array. We're we're completely out of time, so we're going to stop. But we'll pick this up next week because we didn't get out of Honduras, and let's see what happens today. Like, that'll be our starting point next week. Thank you for for uh, okay. enlightening Thanks, us. Tom, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, we ran over time. Uh, no problem. Thank you, Stephen. I appreciate it. And that's all the news we have for you right now for Community Public Radio. I'm Don DeBar in New York. Thanks for listening. <laughs>